it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There he is. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Hey girl, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, a guy who did not win the New Hampshire primaries last night. No, Donald Trump did Nikki Haley says she's not going anywhere. Get her out. Get her out of here. A lot of passion on both sides of this issue. Uh, We will discuss it. It is ladies' night during the day here on Fox Across America. Kennedy, the human highlight reel, is going to be here. Emily Austin, a multimedia superstar in her own right, plus Tudor Dixon, going to get off the outnumbered couch and come hang out with your radio buddy. 888-788-788. Nine nine one zero. If you want to get your hands stamped by the bouncer, make your way inside this little radio happy hour we've got going down today. You know the rules. Uh, be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. You could be a Nikki Haley supporter. We don't, you know. Wrong. Stop it. You're all welcome. Nobody cares. It's a talk show. Just behave and everything will be absolutely fine. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Okay, like the general said in stripes, (laughs) you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, just don't be a boom. Happy Wednesday. Well, we closed the show yesterday with Byron Donalds from the great state of Florida. Joining us from the campaign trail, he was campaigning with the Trump man. Big Don was up in New Hampshire. Uh, We were told by the campaign Trump would win by 19 points. He did not. Uh. You can't call it an underachievement because anytime you win a state by double digits, you did all right. That's true. That is true. Okay, but there are those uh, who looked through the results of last night and said that it does speak to some long term issues for the Trump campaign, if only because he, uh, despite campaigning, despite coming off a win in Iowa, uh, did see someone besides him get about 45 percent of the vote in Nikki Haley. Now, Biden, who did not campaign in New Hampshire at all, was a write-in candidate, which, by the way, had to be pretty interesting to write in the name of a guy who can't even write in his own name at this point, if you've actually seen Joe Biden. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, but the point is, okay, Biden wound up getting 69% of the votes. Dean Phillips got about 21% of the votes, and then there were some outstanding votes as well. So Biden winning as a write-in candidate, uh, Trump winning by about 12 points going away against Nikki Haley. Uh, it was about 54.5 to about 43.2 was the official tally as we got on the air this morning. Uh, and there were, of course, a lot of unaffiliated voters, okay? The way the New Hampshire primaries work. of unaffiliated voters in New Hampshire went for Haley, okay, while 83% of very conservative voters in the state went for Trump. So if you're conservative, you went overwhelmingly for Trump. If you were in the middle, you went overwhelmingly, not overwhelmingly, but you went about, you know, 60-something percent, 62% for Haley. 
Okay, which, you know, kind of speaks to what the general election would be like for Nikki Haley. She's popular with independents. She's popular with women. And, yeah, she peels off a significant percentage of Democratic support. The problem is, okay, the fact that she's a better candidate in the general than Trump is is of no help to her in the actual primary. Okay, and make no mistake about it. Like, if you look at these numbers, she'd be better in the general. I'm not saying that to, like, rile people up. She would be. Okay, she doesn't have the baggage and she's also a lot younger. Okay, what the Republicans are ultimately going to run into is Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee. Tell him like it is. So everything you think you're running on, Biden sucks. Trump was better than Biden. Biden's old. At least Trump isn't so old looking. I know he's the same age just about, but he's in better shape. Great. All of that stuff is great. But if Biden comes off the ticket and now you've got a gorgeous hair gel soaked Gavin Newsom standing there at the podium TV ready you got a real fight on your hands he's a lousy dad but he's right okay is California a dump absolutely but Gavin Newsom is a really good politician so much so that he survived a recall by expanding his majorities in the state okay we saw him debate Ron DeSantis he was completely full of it on just about every answer but still came off well because the Democrats run well when they run a young, good-looking person with very little political experience. I agree with that. For real. You get somebody who's a little old, a little more seasoned, a little more establishment, doesn't always work out for them. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Okay, so that's where you find yourself. Okay, you find yourself with Trump dominating the current field, and I would expect him to get the nomination. I'm not telling you he's not going to get it. Okay, there's a lot of pressure on Nikki to get out. She doesn't know anybody that. She does. She can do whatever the hell she wants. I mean, essentially, if you got a guy on the ballot who's under 91 different indictments, I'm not saying these are good indictments. I'm not saying they haven't weaponized the Justice Department against this guy. But I am telling you that in the eventuality that Trump is legally incapacitated, there's going to be a mad stampede for that nomination. And I think what Nikki Haley's trying to do long term is stay in the race to Super Tuesday because a lot of these states, like New Hampshire last night, award partial delegates. And those delegates will give a candidate standing when they get to the convention this summer if, lo and behold, we wind up in a situation where we legitimately do need a Republican candidate whose name isn't Donald Trump. We're not there yet, but you understand all the pressure coming on Haley to get out of the race are from who? People on Trump's side that want Trump to be the nominee. I get it. That's how politics work. Okay, but you understand if you are running in one of these races, you don't just acquiesce to the demands of the opposition. Okay, if that were the case, Trump wouldn't even be running because they've been demanding he not be on the ballot. They're flat out trying to take him off the ballot in court. So it's going to be a mess. Here is Haley telling you, and this is what her campaign did last night. This is the gamesmanship of politics. Okay, we made fun of her in Iowa, but she was right. Do you remember on Iowa, after she came in third, she lost to DeSantis. And she got out there and said, the people have spoken. That was embarrassing. Oh, it was ridiculous. She's like, the people have spoken. It's a two-horse race. Okay, and it was absurd because she had lost to Ron DeSantis. That being said, she had won one out of 99 counties by one vote and was declaring victory, saying the people sent a strong message. Not even close. And I made fun of her for that. As I should have. But her comments proved prescient because it became a two-horse race. DeSantis dropped out the next day, and lo and behold, she's the last person in the race besides Donald Trump. So last night, knowing Trump was going to win, okay, they pretty much called this within the first 10 minutes of TV coverage last night. Knowing Trump was going to win the actual primary, 
She needed to get out there and declare victory of another sort. And she's very much borrowing from the Bill Clinton playbook in New Hampshire, if you remember all the way back in 1992. Bill Clinton had run into scandals because, if you remember, he was a little too friendly with the ladies during his time as governor. I believe that together we can make America great again. Oh, this is not okay. Well, lo and behold, after scandals plunged his campaign by about 10 points on New Hampshire, on the night of the New Hampshire primaries, when he was out there, okay, with an early lead when they had only counted about 10% of the ballots, they knew internally they were trending in a bad direction. So Clinton held a press conference and declared himself the comeback kid. Okay, and he got up there. There's a victory. They sent a loud message. I'm the comeback kid. And it was all over every channel in America. Lo and behold, he did actually go on to lose the primary. But the media made a winner out of him. Paul Songus won the New Hampshire primary that night. But because Clinton got ahead of the story, he was able to paint himself in a favorable light. This is politics as usual. And that's what the Haley campaign did last night. And man, oh, did it piss Trump off. Here's Haley, clip one. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And the next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. At one point in this campaign, there were 14 of us running. And we were at 2% in the polls. Well, I'm a fighter. And I'm scrappy. And now we're the last one standing next to Donald Trump. And today we got close to half of the vote. We still have a ways to go, but we keep moving up. And here's a message from the Trump campaign. Oh, shut up, woman. He pretty much said as much when he got to the microphone. So Nikki Haley is not wrong. Okay, Twitter doesn't like her. Okay, she catches a lot of hell in conservative media. But as voters have gotten to know her, they really, really like her. I admire your honesty. Guys, she started at 2% in the poll. She's not lying about that. She's now getting 45% of the vote against Donald Trump. I understand this is one state, and he's trending like he's going to absolutely annihilate her in South Carolina. And she's not even going to Nevada because she has no chance against the guy. So I'm not telling you that Trump isn't going to be the nominee. I'm telling you she is staying in the race because she has a lot of money and the people who write checks only write them because they want the candidate they're donating to to win the general election. Okay, yes, you need to win the nomination to win the general. The point is they believe she can win the general. All her candidacy speaks to is the fact that there are massive doubts about Trump. Not amongst his base, not amongst the vast, 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 vast majority of conservative media. But you understand Trump is essentially running as an incumbent. He was president. He ran for reelection, got pretty much 90 percent support across the board in the primaries. Now he's running at about 53 percent. There is a weakness there within the party. He doesn't control 85 to 90 percent of the vote anymore. So people are going to write her checks and she is going to stick around and Trump is going to absolutely annihilate her. And as a guy who has to cover this for a living, I enjoy it. I'm here for the fun. Here's Trump not having it. Clip four. You know, you have to have people that speak up. I said, I can go up and I can say to everybody, oh, thank you for the victory. It's wonderful. It's what, Or I can go up and say, who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and, like, claimed a victory? She did very poorly, actually. She had to win. 
The governor said, she's going to win, she's going to win, she's going to win. Then she, she failed badly. So Trump isn't having it. Here's the rest of it, clip five. But I felt I should do this because I find in life you can't let people get away with bullshit, okay? You can't. <laughs> you just can't do that. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy <laughs> come up, I said, what's she doing? We won. And she did the same thing last week, but he was much more angry about it than I was. I said, get up there and you let him know. <laughs> he went after a dress. Classic Trump. Listen, I want the fight. I want her in it. I want her in it all the way till Super Tuesday. And you know who else should want her in it? Are you ready for it? Trump supporters. Bingo. Why? Because if this nomination wraps up today, okay, the war on Trump, which is already being waged from every angle, legal, media, print, digital, anything you can think of, the war on Trump begins full throttle. He's the nominee. Okay, and essentially the race he needs to run in order to win in the public eye becomes that much longer. What the Democrats are trying to do is shorten their race, whether it's Biden on the ticket or it's somebody else. They want them to just have a sprint to the finish, July to November, minimize the public events as they're doing. Biden, understand, won the New Hampshire primary last night. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And when it was over, he didn't even appear on camera. The White House released a statement in print acknowledging a primary win. Imagine how much media has been devoted to the Trump-Haley thing. And again, well, you can say, well, that's because Biden's the incumbent. Yeah, Biden's got like five people running against him, one of whom got 21 percent, Dean Phillips. So the fact that they won't even trot him out there to be like, we did it, boys, is a really bad sign. So what they're trying to do, whether it's Biden on the ticket or not, is they want momentum heading into November. Okay, what they want to do to the Republican in the event that it's Trump is create a Trump fatigue. They've done it with half the country pretty successfully. Okay, having Trump alone in the spotlight with no other Republicans to glom news coverage, no DeSantis, no Haley, no Christie, those people do Trump a favor. They really do. Because we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. And every minute that Trump is on a TV being called the devil is a minute another person might latch onto it and rule out voting for the guy altogether. Where Haley is valuable right now to the Republican Party is she's running clock. Do you remember when the Giants beat the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl and the time of possession was like literally four to one because they were keeping Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Andre Reid off the field? Okay, that's how you actually beat them. Okay, the truth is for Trump to win, they need to minimize the anti-Trump vote. Because there's nobody out there who's actually voting for Biden. Okay, and heaven forbid they get like a Gavin Newsom or someone with better favorable numbers, then they don't even need the anti-Trump vote to be as big as it currently is. So you understand, if you really want Trump to win, if you really want the Republicans to win, we need a brawl. Okay, you want Trump to get out there and debate because that'll get big coverage. You want him to showcase his ability to focus on policies that are good for the American people instead of just insulting her dress and calling one of the moderators a fat pig? Okay, you need Trump, okay, to go out there and earn it. I don't doubt that he'll be the nominee, but you'd rather him be the nominee after fighting somebody, after getting into fighting shape, 
Then after just, you know, he wraps it up last night and the media just goes back to calling you and me Hitler for the next 10 months. I'm telling you, it's exhausting. And Nikki Haley is probably not going to win this nomination, but the longer she stays in this race, the better off you're going to be. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Doing the dang thing, 888-788-9910. We will get to your calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons in the next block. One more Trump clip I wanted to play. He's up in Nashua, New Hampshire last night. He's talking about Governor Sununu, which, by the way, okay, if you're keeping score at home, getting endorsed by the governor doesn't mean a lot. (laughs) If you don't believe me, ask President Ron DeSantis, who was endorsed by Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. And then, of course, Nikki Haley had the Sununu endorsement last night in New Hampshire. Uh, neither one uh, got the candidate over the top. Here is Trump speaking to Sununu. Uh, clip six. You have the very, the now very unpopular governor of this state. This guy, he's got to be on something. I've never seen anybody with energy. He's like uh, hopscotch. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this guy. And two weeks ago, he said, we're going to win. We're going to win in the land side. We're going to win. About three days ago, he started saying, well, we want to do well. That's a big difference. Yep. Listen, I, I love when Trump goes full Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack and just starts insulting people because I'm, I'm a big fan of people reading the establishment, their truth. I do get a kick out of that. So I found that one to be funny and entertaining. And, uh, you know, the truth is if this drags out another month, you know, it's good for Trump. It is actually good. It's good for the party. You know, there's a lot of pressure to get Nikki Haley out. They're like, we got to focus our resources on beating Biden. Fine, if that's what you think. But you're not running against Biden. I honestly don't think you are. I don't believe that. Uh, you could tell me otherwise. Do you think Joe Biden's going to be on the ticket? Uh, 888-788-9910. Do you think Joe Biden is going the distance? Do you think the people who deal with him, you know, the ones leading him on and off the stage because he gets lost? You know, the ones making him take the smaller steps on Air Force One because he can't make it up the big boy steps anymore. Do you think those people are going to keep him on the ticket knowing he's polling at 33 percent? Or do you think they're going to pull a rope or dope and throw somebody else in there? I'd love to hear what you think, because the truth is, if we as an audience think Biden's coming off the ticket, then Nikki Haley doesn't have anywhere to go. Okay, until we know who the new nominee is going to be. But one way or the other, you're all welcome to chime in or curse me out. Whatever works. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Oh, man, they're playing stranglehold all the way from Ted quarters. This is a Ted Nugent jam. They're fired up in the control booth. Everybody is. we got two primaries in the books. 
And we're trying to figure out what comes next. People are mad, worked up about the Nikki Haley thing. She's like, I'm going to win. You are so full of sh- I don't know what the end game is, but it doesn't sound like she's getting out. Uh, and the argument for making her go is, you know, we got to get ready. We got to fight this Biden guy. I don't know. I don't believe that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. I mean, when you look around this administration and you consider the state the country's in, you don't get the feeling that anyone in this administration has any idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. But the Democrats as a party, we don't share a lot of their values as conservatives, but they're a really good party. What I mean by that is they vote in unison. When they need to oust a Republican speaker like we did to Kevin McCarthy, yeah, Matt Gates led the insurgency, but McCarthy's only out because the Democrats voted in lockstep. Not one single person defected from Nancy Pelosi's order to vote for removing the guy. Okay, they vote as a team. They play as a team. Okay, and they do not play this game to lose it. And when they see Joe Biden polling at 33 percent and you hear Barack Obama's closest advisor saying we really ought to think about getting rid of Biden, that means the people at the tippy top of the party are having this conversation. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. We'll see if it comes to that. But one way or the other. okay, 888-788-9910. What's in your crystal ball? Barry can bat lead off because I believe he took exception to something I said about Nikki Haley. Barry. Well. First, it's Sergeant Halka, not General Halka. Oh, there you go. Living. Second, <laughs> From Stripes. Go ahead. Second, um, I agree with you, or I don't really give a damn whether Nikki stays around a while. I don't think it makes a difference. Okay. However, however, I'm really sick of everybody on Fox News ignoring the fact. I mean, in 2000, late 2016, early 2017, we were told the reason Trump won was because all these blue-collar Democrats voted Republican for the first time. Mm-hmm. Basically, they voted Trump. Yep. Those people are not voting for Nikki Haley. Why and you Trump saying? did not lose those voters. Okay. So I, I just wanted to point that out. Well, let me give you this. According to the, according to the polling, he did. 62% of unaffiliated voters went to her. In New Hampshire, for God's sake. No, I'm aware. I'm just saying in that one place. You're saying so. You're. I get what you're saying. You're saying on a grand scale, he didn't lose. In a general, in a general election, Nikki Haley does not have a better chance than Biden. That's what I'm. Or I'm sorry, than than. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're trying to say. That's what I'm saying. Here's the issue. When you because of that reason. Well, when you look at the polling, she does poll well beyond Biden. You know, comparatively to Trump. And one of the main reasons why is because the Democrats' biggest turnout issue is abortion right now. And a woman takes that lane away, especially a woman like Nikki, who's expressed a compassionate you know, stance on the issue for women who are pro-choice and women are pro-life. I promise you, she's very viable I, in the general because you need, I, 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 you I, need I, a I, number. I, I, you know, this is what people keep saying, and I'm going to let you talk. They keep going, well, you know, in, the, in New Hampshire, the Democrats can vote. Exactly. Guess who can vote in the general? The Democrats. And if she's getting 62% of unaffiliated voters, those are the voters you need. The Republicans are going to vote Republican. The Democrats are going to vote Democrat. Whoever wins the swing voters in between wins the White House. How it works every year. I've, I, I've heard her. I've only heard her make one comment on abortion, and I actually thought it was pretty good, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. So, um, um, like or, I'm not saying um, she's going to get the nomin. I'm not saying yeah. she's going to get the nomination. No, 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 no. Go ahead. no. In regard to Biden, is Biden going to be running? Mm-hmm. Um, check your tape. I mean, the day after 
the day after Biden announced, I actually called you up and mm-hmm. told you that Biden really wasn't going to be the nominee. No, I just still think I still think the only reason he's running is to block Kamala. And <laughs> yeah, the longer he la- stays la- in. La- God, last yeah. but not least, uh, you mentioned you're doing a book signing in L.A. When and where? Ooh, no. What I'm doing, uh, I'm going to be in L.A. next week for an event. Um, but it's not. It's an. I'm just getting interviewed for a publication. But we're doing oh, a okay. virtual book signing January 31st. That's myself oh. and Brenberg. You can log on. It's JimmySignedBook.com, and then you can heckle me and be in the Zoom chat, and you get a signed book just for attending. Um, made out to whoever the hell you want it made out to. So all of that's very doable. Um, But I I will be, I'll let you know next week where I'm going to be in L.A. because I I still believe you owe me like a beer or something at uh, Dino's Sports Bar in Santa Monica, don't you? I'd be more than happy to buy you a beer at Dino's in Santa Monica. You know know my favorite place out there to eat is? Uh, Benny's Tacos. What is it on on Wilshire or San Vicente, whatever it is over there? That's my favorite place in the world. It's Lincoln's favorite place too. So uh, I haven't. If you hear I'm in L.A., that's probably um, you're going to find me in one of two places. I mean, you're going to be at Dino's Sports Bar. I'm going to be at Benny's Tacos. The only two places I go. Yeah. Well, I'd also suggested I'd also suggested a steakhouse for you and uh, you and Kennedy. Ooh. uh, This is getting pricey. West uh, West L.A. Listen, I'm only on TV one night a week. I don't have steakhouse money yet. (laughs) We'll talk. Barry, I love you, man. Keep playing good ball. Uh, Adam is in Linden, New Jersey. Adam. How we doing, Jimmy? My, my, we're doing, man. I know people are a little riled up about this Haley gal because uh, she ain't leaving because she's got money. You don't have to leave if you have money. You only have to leave if you run out of money. It's like politics is the ultimate strip club, you know? <laughs> if you got money, it's like this place is great. Let's stay all night. But if you're down to your last 20 bucks, you're like, you guys want to go to the diner? I'm hungry. <laughs> she's mastered the pole dancing is what you're saying. <laughs> I'll tell her that. That's funny. All right. So – so, Jimmy, I have a special guest here, Ross, with me. You know Ross. Remember Ross? Ross! This is a big deal. Hey, Jimmy. Ross is my son. And we have a fantastic suggestion. Love it. You ready? Mm-hmm. So, Nikki Haley, no shot she's beating Trump. I don't Dean think so. Dean Phillips, either. no shot he's beating Biden. But mm-hmm. both of them could get the middle. Ooh. She should call Dean up, Dean up right now and say, Dean, you'll be my right-hand person, VP. Let's go independent. Oh. And we, we knock oh. out. Oh, can I tell you something? I'm not kidding. They could win. Like this is the one election when you this is the thing people forget. And this is why I have honest conversations. And hopefully I know Ross appreciates that. I know you do as well. Uh, when you look at the matchup, Trump, Biden, 75 percent of the public doesn't want this matchup again. So you're right. crazy if you don't think somebody else could jump in there. They don't want, you know, half the Republican Party doesn't want Trump to run. Okay, most of the Democratic Party doesn't want Biden to run. Now, yeah, they'll vote for one over the other. Democrats vote Democrat, Republicans vote Republican. But there's a lot of people in the middle that actually probably would consider what you're saying. What the calculus becomes for them, it doesn't matter for Dean Phillips because he's not nationally viable. Meaning if Biden stays on the ticket, he's not nationally viable in four years because Gavin Newsom will be the nominee. He's the superior Democrat to all of them. But for like somebody like Nikki Haley, who would have a future in theory, because even if Trump wins, he's going to be gone in four years. Her problem is if you third party it, you are finished with your party long term at a national level. So it's a risky gambit. But I don't know that they couldn't win because at the very well, least. Ronna McDaniels, Ronna McDaniels last night said, Nikki, time to pack it in. Yeah. She's already persona non grata. I know. Uh, sort of. And I so get to it. me, it's like, okay, okay, Rana, 
you guys don't want me, Dean, let's roll and see what happens. I know. And this is what people don't get. Trump is not vulnerable in the primary, but the general election is not the primary. Like last night, so he won New Hampshire with Democrats voting too. But she got 63% of that vote. It's going to be a different conversation in the general. Like, again, he didn't get the majority of the independents, and you need that to win the general. And when I say that, people like, you got to read my Facebook messages. People like, oh, you're a Trump basher. I'm changing the state. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to help. This is all I want. I don't care who the candidate is. I don't want four more years of Biden. That's it. If you give me anybody, I'll take four or two of Kanye, two of any. Ross Ross isn't old enough yet, but you give Ross a few years. Okay, two of Ross, two of Kanye. I'm good. But yeah, listen. we love your Saturday nights. Uh, oh, keep it up, Jimmy. Thanks, man. We're proud of you. I'll man. see you on the All TV. Right, Be well, Adam. You're the man. There he goes. Jacob in Phillipsburg, Kansas. Jacob. How's it going, Jimmy? It's going. What do you think? Is Biden sticking around? No, no. I, well, yeah, I, I honestly think that he's going to be the nominee because whoever is controlling him, probably Obama, but whoever is controlling Biden wants to continue to control Biden. If they throw Newsom in there, yeah, Newsom is hardcore liberal and, he, you know, he's going to do um, make liberal policies like he did in California, but you can't control him like you can control Biden. Yep. So you like the idea of you know, the fact that bureaucrats, like we say Biden isn't all there, and it's kind of an advantage, though, to the people in D.C. who are the bureaucrats running things. That's what you're saying? Pretty much. Um, I mean, you know, Biden's name is on it, but Biden's not really the one doing anything, obviously, because he's taken out the first second. Um, And and even though he has, like, what, 30-something percent of um, approval rating in the polls, um, they, they, they know they were able to pull away with it last time, no matter how much fraud they used. They know they were able to pull away with it. Yeah. So they're not really scared to do the same thing this time. That well, Bottom line is this. They know there's a big anti-Trump vote out there. And if they can win once with nobody voting for Biden, they can win twice with nobody voting for Biden, meaning just get them mad at Trump. That's the challenge. That's why I well, think I, it's going to be interesting. But you know, I, I, I guarantee they're going to do something just like last time where, you know, they, they threw COVID out there and everybody can mail in votes great. and they can have as much fraud as they want. I guarantee <laughs> it's going to be something just like that oh, where they're man. going to do something so that, oh, there's fraud, but we can't find the fraud. Oh, hell. Uh, listen, man, it's a mess and it sucks that you feel that way. But I know why you feel that way, you know, because we have a problem with election integrity in this country. And every time they point the finger at Republicans, it's like, well, you know, the Democrats did spend three years saying 2016 was stolen. It's a bigger problem than we're talking about, but I appreciate you confronting it head on. Good stuff, Jacob. Uh, are you uh, where you are out there? Does this mean you're rooting for the Chiefs this weekend? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've been a Chiefs fan. Actually, I grew up in eastern Kansas, so okay. I was really close, about 45 minutes from Arrowhead. I guess I don't call it Arrowhead yeah, anymore, yeah. but regardless... Um, and, and now I'm in Russian, Kansas. Ooh, but, yeah, still, I, I, I watch every Chiefs game. All right. Well, keep your shirt on. Don't pull a Jason Kelsey on me, okay? Uh, I'm not Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Be well. I'll see you soon. There goes Jacob. There goes Jacob with his shirt still on. Uh, Gary in Addison County, Vermont. No promises on that one. Gary. Hey, Jimmy. You know, in the days leading up to New Hampshire primary, there were some uh, AI-generated Biden robocalls floating around. Uh-huh. and. There were claims that it was voter suppression. Mm-hmm. Now, 
how could it be voter suppression if AI is the only way to get a legible sentence out of the guy? <laughs> so silly. That's funny. Uh, listen, I, th- I think we'll see the only campaign ever to use AI generated messages out of the <laughs> candidate. It's funny because you really aren't going to see a lot of him. I'll play a clip after this commercial break where he had one of those moments yesterday where he was rallying the crowd, uh, but he rallied them to non-English, you know, and uh, I I feel for the sign language interpreter. I mean, if you can't make, if he makes up words, you don't have signs. You know what I'm saying? No, it's it's the hardest job in Washington right now is (laughs) is Biden's sign language interpreter. But they're going to have to put blackout curtains on his basement for this campaign. (laughs) Get him to bed early. Uh, Gary, uh, brilliant analysis as always. Be well, man. Uh, there goes Gary. There we go back after this. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A lot of moving parts over here today. Uh, we were talking about the New Hampshire primaries and Specifically the fact that there's a lot of heat on Nikki Haley to get out of the race. Okay, she's got all the money in the world, so she doesn't want to go anywhere. And then there's this other angle of analysis. Here is Britt Hume, who I think distilled it the best last night on our air. This is Britt Hume talking to Martha McCallum, clip 10. The argument is, if you treat him like an incumbent, he should be around 80, 84 percent. How do you judge that? How do you figure out whether or not he has enough growth potential well, to you, beat Biden. If you think of him as an incumbent, this showing tonight's weak, right? I mean, he should be doing better. And it's also a sign of weakness that the independents and others who voted in this primary were unwelcomed by, not welcomed by the Trump campaign and by a lot of his supporters. There's weakness there with Trump. There's no doubt about it, even though, even if he wins, you know, easily and going away. He's, he's got, look, he, he lost in 2020. His candidates lost in 2022. I mean, he has a lot of losses on his book. This guy will say anything. But Britt Hume is as good of a political analyst as there is. Okay, guys, people get mad at me for saying this stuff, but I'm being honest with you. I'm not an activist. I don't preach to a choir. I don't get on the air to sell you confirmation bias. I think Trump is uh, head and shoulders better than Joe Biden or any other Democrat they could nominate. But I don't determine who the president is. And all I'm trying to say to you is for everybody who gets so mad at Nikki Haley, you don't have to make it the nominee. Trump's going to be the nominee. That's my guess. But we everybody who thinks, okay, because you consume a lot of conservative media, Biden has very high negatives. You always talk about the president's negatives. That's how media works. Republican or a Democrat, we're usually focused on the thing that ain't working. Okay, but understand the rest of the world doesn't have the opinion that you do of Donald Trump. That's the challenge. And when it comes to the general, if Nikki Haley's not the nominee, she'd be a huge asset as a VP. And the fact that people on Twitter have learned the term neocon, you know, or globalist, and they think it makes them, you know, enlightened on who Nikki Haley is, I'm telling you, is happening to the detriment of the Republican Party. It is, straight up. Trump does bad with independence. He does bad with women, and he does horrifically with Democrats. Okay, for Republicans to win, they need to peel support from those areas. Joe Biden sucking as a president 
doesn't mean that the people who hate Donald Trump will suddenly start liking him. I think he's got a point. And that's where this becomes challenging. Okay, does that mean, you know, get Trump off the ticket? Of course not. He has every right to be the nominee and it'll be better for the country than Biden. He straight up will. But you got to again, just the way Nikki can't win the general without winning the primary. Trump can't reverse Biden's policies without winning the general. So we got a rocky road. Okay, and I don't want to be one of the people who lies to you for the next months and is like, ah, Trump's a shoe in. No, he's got it. Because then when he loses, we're going to be like, hey, what the hell? I don't want to be that guy. Okay, people really got let down in the midterms because they thought everybody he endorsed was going to win down ballot and there was going to be a red wave. (laughs) The endorsements did terrible and there was no red wave. Uh, But we'll see. Okay, John is in Strasburg, Pennsylvania. He knows stuff. John. Hey, hey, Jimmy. My man. Thanks for breaking this up. If I keep talking, I'm going to get punched in the head. (laughs) No, you don't want to do that. Yep. Hey, no, I just wanted to mention, I mean, I don't have any hatred or dislike towards uh, Nikki Haley, obviously. Um, I don't care for the, uh, you know, the, the back and forth and. You know, saying saying things on the on the campaign trail, and then say lying and say ah, I didn't say that. No, Hillary Clinton never uh, inspired me, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, all that little stuff, you know, that's that's annoying. But what's frustrating me is how is she? Uh, everyone's bragging or, or all hyped up that she got forty two percent, but so many people um, that voted Democrat voted for her in this election. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good, though, in the general. You need those Democrats to vote for you in this in the election. That's the thing. So correct. But their but their M.O. was not not necessarily to. to I know it was to just weaken Trump Trump off the ticket. I agree. I agree with that. But what I but and and you're definitely right. And it's a, a good second gear of analysis. But she does poll well with Democrats in the general versus Biden. Like when you see general election polling of her versus Biden and she's beating Biden by 17 points, they're not picking her against Biden because they're mad at Trump. You know what I'm saying? They're picking her because they like her better. Here's the deal. Biden sucks. Any Republican should beat him. But that's why she doesn't need to get out anytime soon. Good job, John. We'll do more of this next. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Big hour coming your way. Kennedy, the woman who got me started in cable news, joining us in studio to have a grown-up talk about the media and Joy Reid over at MSNBC. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Well, the dirtbag who got in a lot of trouble for homophobic comments on Twitter only to claim with a straight face that her account was hacked and never did find the hacker, uh, now catching heat because she was defending pedophilia in a segment with one of the Moms for Liberty. Kennedy wrote an article about it for the Daily Mail, and we're going to spend a little time on it. Uh, Before we get there, we have a little bit of a postmortem coming about New Hampshire and, of course, what's coming up next in South Carolina. 888-788-788. Nine nine one zero. It's a really ugly track out there today. You know how they say, you know, if you want to make it in horse racing, you've got to be a mutter. You got to be able to run on a sloppy track. Uh, I got to be honest, man. <laughs> oh, uh, your radio buddy's got the blinders on today. They might have to inject me with some Lasix because it's a real muddy track. 
The Joy Reid stuff is gross. We'll get to it in a little bit. It's a conversation we have to have. I just I can't lead the I can't lead the hour with it. It's just gross. A lot of dirtbags in the media, and essentially what they're doing now is because politics have become such a team sport, it's become so personal, it's emotional for a lot of people. And when you're operating from a place of emotion, it denies you the self-awareness that might otherwise tell you you sound like a lunatic or a dirtbag or, in Joy's case, a racist pedophile. Okay, terrible moments. I'm going to play you. But that's pretty much politics as a whole. That's why you'll hear me like I did yesterday. I gave Jake Tapper a shout out. I applaud people at Rival Networks who give you actual reasoned takes from time to time because we need more of them. Because so much of our politics now is just based on how you can grossly distort your opponent's message for your own political gain. Nobody talks anymore about the issues. No. They simply just... This man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, (laughs) that's pretty much the media. Uh, Here's the reaction last night to Trump's win in New Hampshire. This is clip 12. He's mad. He's angry. That was not a celebratory Trump. He's angry that Nikki Haley is still in the race. I do think that he looks weak. Basically, there's a woman that says, I want to get you. I want to debate with you. And he looks weak running from one person. Nikki Haley beat Donald Trump among independents by something like 40 vote, you know, 40 percentage points. That is not a good sign for a sitting former, a former president of the United States. Well, this is a, a very bad night for Donald Trump looking at the pattern. <laughs> the media is a bunch of losers. It is funny, though. Okay, they're not wrong when they say Nikki beat him with independence, and that stuff really does matter in the general. But when, like, Lawrence O'Donnell comes on to tell you a guy winning by 12 points is a loss. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. It's not a loss, okay? It's something they need to address long term. That's what these actual primaries help you do if you're playing good ball. Kaylee McEnany gave a reason to take. I'm so fascinated. Like, I know Kaylee personally. We work here together. She's the sweetest human being you could ever hope to meet. She just is. When Trump left the White House, 2021, Kaylee was the most beloved member of the administration. She was the only one who hadn't defected and written a tell-all book. She was the only one that wasn't testifying and trying to help out the January 6th impeachment round two committee. She was the only one held in high regard in Trump world. They hated Pence by then. They hated every other chief of staff. They hated Bill Barr. Okay, it was a very transactional relationship. When Kaylee gave reasoned analysis about Trump during the infancies of this latest campaign, he immediately trashed her. And everybody who loved Kaylee McEnany was like, wait, what? He said something about Kaylee? All right, we don't like her anymore. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did her. And uh, that transactional nature does not inspire loyalty from other politicians. So if you're wondering why, like, well, he made Haley the United Nations ambassador, she should drop out out of loyalty. For what? Who has he shown any loyalty to whatsoever? And again, I would vote for him over any Democrat. So don't think I'm doing the never Trump radio hour. But here is Kaylee last night giving some good analysis as to what Trump should do post New Hampshire. He's probably going to be the nominee. I think everyone listening agrees. But that doesn't mean we don't need to tweak things. Here it is. Clip nine. President Trump, I would go home tonight. I'd go to my victory party. I would celebrate. I've made history yet again. But then I'd go home and I'd look under the hood. And when you look under the hood of our Fox News voter analysis data, you find that 32 percent of Republicans say we wouldn't we won't vote for Trump. 
I've got to unite the party. That's the argument Nikki Haley's making. And number two, I would look, Nikki Haley won independence, according to Fox News voter analysis, 59 to 33. So I go home if I'm Trump, I celebrate, and then I say, I got to unite this party. I got to win independence. That's how I beat Biden. Okay, she's not wrong. Okay, but of course she was referred to derisively by the Trump man last night because she dared offer any critique of his campaign. And I guess, you know, it's what Trump does. There's a lot of bombast. It's a lot of smack talk. Okay, that's, you know, par for the course. And she's actually giving you like, hey, this is something that might help you win. You dig? And Trump has the power to unite the Republican Party in a way that Haley doesn't because Trump's voters hate Haley. There's no version of this where the vast majority of them are coming over. So Haley is the nominee. It's it's an interesting path because she's going to have to do it with more independents and more Democrats. Whereas Trump is the nominee, needs to get 99% of the Republican Party to turn out to have any chance. But Kaylee's telling you right then and there, he's currently short 33% of the Republican Party. He can't win, okay, without unifying the party. So he should strike a more conciliatory tone and not go after Nikki's dress and not trash her for remaining in the race. That's just advice, okay? Believe me, he's going to get attacked no matter what he does. Here's Rachel Maddow again cutting off Trump's victory speech. Okay, she eventually comes back to it because maybe she's, you know, heard the catcalls on social media over the fact that she's, you know, an actual circus clown for saying I don't air lies on my show. You told us Russia stole the 2016 election and Putin controlled our government. It was made up by these sick people. Completely made up. Okay, you told us Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. It was made up by these sick people. Okay, I mean, technically speaking, I play the montage all the time of her saying you deserve to be fired from your job because vaccinated people can't get COVID. Okay, I could play the Trump clip here again, but Trump's the one who created the vaccine you're all mad at. So it's a nuanced time. Okay, there's a lot of of spinning plates here, if you will. But here is the media. Here's Rachel Maddow. She can't play this Trump clip. This is clip 13. And she was up and I said, wow, she's So there we go. Um, So this is part of the issue here. Uh, So Donald Trump saying that he won New Hampshire um, not only in previous primaries, but that he won New Hampshire in the general election um, is not true. Donald Trump did, to his credit, um, in 2016 win the New Hampshire Republican primary. He did in 2020 win the New Hampshire Republican primary. But both in 2016, when he was competing against Hillary Clinton in the general election, he narrowly lost New Hampshire in the general election. And then in 2020, when he was competing against Joe Biden in the general election, he lost New Hampshire, New Hampshire by a good, fair chunk of vote. So uh, the former president has opened his remarks tonight once again by proclaiming um, falsehoods about previous elections. This is what makes it hard to take him, uh, his pronouncements live. We'll try again, though. Here we go. Rachel Maddow. This guy's a serious ass. So silly. Uh, Trump did win New Hampshire in the primaries. He's the first person to win the New Hampshire primary three times. I don't know if he mistakenly referred to it as winning in the general. Uh, But there's, you know, if we were going to sit here and do a tit for tat, Biden is catching a lot of hell because he was in Virginia yesterday and he shouted out Terry McAuliffe as the real governor. Which would sound a little bit like election denialism. Here it is, clip 22. Hello, Virginia. And the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. Wait, what? What? 
My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband and nah. running mate. Nah. I was told that denying the election results is a criminal act. He should be behind bars. It's stupid. It's also stupid and petty. But do you understand what's happening? Okay, on the Rachel Maddow side of town. It's the same thing that's happening with Jake Tapper. I'm about to play a Jake Tapper. Yesterday, I praised Jake Tapper. Okay, I'm calling balls and strikes on this show. Okay, yesterday, Tapper threw one down the middle. Okay, when he was speaking to Pete Buttigieg about the need for the president to address the chemical spill in East Palestine all these years later. Okay, we spend a bazillion dollars helping out every country in the world, but our own border isn't protected and our residents still don't have clean drinking water. Yesterday, I praised Tapper for bringing that up to Pete Buttigieg. Uh, Tapper threw another pitch today about Trump on the border and... Uh, Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. He definitely did. Here it is, clip 14. Country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Donald Trump declaring thing. victory with a historically strong showing in the Iowa caucuses. If these numbers hold, State. the biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest. A relatively subdued speech as these things go so far, although here he is right now under... Under my voice, you hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. So at the top of this hour, I explained to you how people in the media are too emotional now. And when you're emotional, when you're operating from a place of emotion, you don't have self-awareness. You don't realize you sound crazy. You sound like an idiot. Jake Tapper, to regular, reasonable people concerned about conditions in this country, cuts off Donald Trump for ranting about the need to control the border. Because he thinks normal people would agree with him on that. And I've got to be honest with you, he's completely and totally wrong. He knows what he's talking about. If you look around the country right now, Boston's airport has now become a migrant shelter. Chicago O'Hare, a migrant shelter. Like you're going to the airport and there's just illegal immigrants camped out in the terminals because we're that far out of room. That's how many people we've taken in illegally in this country. Illegally. Do you follow me? Illegally. They're breaking the law. We're letting them break the law. We've so overwhelmed border authorities and the citizens of Texas and the border towns they inhabit that the sanctuary cities who said no human being is illegal, we'll take them, are now being forced to take them, and they've run out of room. But rather than saying, hey, shut down the border, don't let people in. They want you to believe that this is somehow, you know, something that shouldn't be talked about. Well, you guy, who's this guy running for president who wants to shut down the border and enforce the laws? What kind of maniac? And, you know, if that's the argument you're making, you sound like a, a idiot. OK, that's what you sound like. You sound like a idiot. Okay, but they make that argument and it makes good sense to their viewers because their viewers are operating from a place of emotion as well. They go, yeah, what's up with this guy wanting to stop the border, the flow of fentanyl that's led to a record amount of poisoning deaths here in America? What kind of lunatic wouldn't let that go on? Dude, we're at this place now where people will say anything if they think it's harmful to the other side of the aisle and none of them realize that it's harming them, too. That's the biggest problem I have with our politics. Nobody's guiltier of it than Joy Reid, who is on board with defunding the police, you know, opening the border. We should be building bridges and not walls. Are there any bridges to Joy's house? Mm. Plenty of walls, though. Uh, we're going to play some of her clips next because Kennedy wrote a 
fantastic article in the, in the Daily Mail, like laugh out loud funny about a topic that's disgusting. And we're going to get into it in a minute. So get some hand sanitizer, throw on the hazmat suit back after this. The reviews are in. That is a disgusting act, and it's unfortunate that we had that on our air live. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, it's going to get real disgusting in here for a minute. I'm going to play you some clips from an interview between Moms for Liberty, Tiffany Justice, and Joy Reid. And Joy Reid is confronting the woman over the fact that Moms for Liberty wanted to ban a book from elementary school libraries that's about a child who has horrific sex acts performed on them in a round of incest. Okay, the Moms for Liberty saying this type of gratuitous sex and rape and incest is not something we should be focusing small children on Joy Reid, operating from a place of emotion that denies her self-awareness and leads her to believe that she should just oppose anything a conservative says, makes the case that we should have more rape and incest in our elementary school libraries than less. That's a real thing. Clip 28. What is the expertise that you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a book, an award-winning book like All Boys Aren't Blue, isn't appropriate for students to read? What, what is your expertise? A, what a tragic story of a young man who's anally raped by his adult family member. So you have incest, rape, pedophilia. Joy, you said you'd let me answer, so sure. I'm going to answer Please for do. you. Um, in what context is a strap-on dildo acceptable for public school? Just let, I mean, that's my question mm-hmm. to you. Tell me what the context around the strap-on dildo or the rape of a minor child by a teacher. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. no wait, We're hold talking on. about no, public no, no. school. One, one moment. I mean, think about this. So, Joy, how dare you not want little kids reading about incest and rape? I mean, who are you, the expert here? Folks, you don't need to be an expert on anything. But here's the rest of it, clip 29. So now you've asked me questions, sure. Marvin, and I'm going to answer it. Okay. Well, who is the main character? What's the name of the main character in All Boys Are Blue? You're asking me right now. You just gave name? me very specific information about this book, so you're pre- presenting yourself as somebody expert. It's the gentleman. Hold on. The main, to, who's the main character in the, the book? The main character is the author. Who's the, what's his name? George, I believe, is his first because name. Because you're giving me very specific information that is You're asking me to remember the name of an author. You the just name remembered very specific things. Joy. Here's my you're question. You're talking about track You didn't answer my no, no, question. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to answer Great. your question. Great. I would love to hear that. Absolutely. Well, I, you, I'm interviewing you, and you're not interviewing me, so let's just make sure it's a conversation. Okay, So. What I'm saying to you is that as you are not an expert in this book, I don't have to be an expert in the dildos aren't appropriate for public school. I mean, come on, let's get real. I mean, Joy Reid. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Okay, it's Joy Reid. Well, if you can't name the lead character, is, is there any name you could give the lead character that would make the rape of children with a dildo okay? Excuse my language, people listening on the terrestrial airwaves. This is the world we live in. This is what I'm covering. There's a woman on MSNBC saying you're the bad guy for not wanting elementary school kids to hear this language. Here's the rest of it, clip 30. This on, book real. is a full context story, as you said, of the author's experience. Why is it your right or a Moms for Liberty activist's right to say that a parent who wants their child to have access to this book, which gives a personal experience of this author, 
that they, the, why doesn't a liberal parent, for instance, or a parent of an LGBTQ kid, why don't they have a right for their child to just have access to this book? Why is it your right to say they can't? So, again, we're talking about incest, rape, and pedophilia. And Boy, each parent, each parent has to decide what is appropriate for their child to read. So I want you to answer. I'm going to ask so you one more a, time. Right. What is your right to tell a parent who wants their child, who might feel seen by this story, why oh don't they gosh. have the right? Why don't they have the right as a parent to say, my child can have access to this book? If a child feels seen by this story, that means that they have been uh, the victim of a predator. That means that they have either been raped by a family member, they, they, they've experienced um, And your proof of that is what? You just said that What's if a child feels seen by this oh. story. Joy Reid. You cannot be serious! Oh, she's serious. She's defending pedophilia. Kids in elementary schools might feel seen by reading this book. If you feel seen by reading this book, that means you went through it. Okay, the goal is not to give you literature. The goal is to give you legal help from the police because anyone who did that should be dying in prison, not defending it. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So fired up to talk to this next guest. Did that sound sincere? I've been rehearsing it all morning. I'm kidding. She's the human highlight reel, one half of the Last and Liberty Tour, host Woo! of the Kennedy Saves the World podcast and author of the best article on the Daily Mail right now as we speak. Kennedy's here. The crowd goes wild. There they are. I mean, these are amped up people. They're really excited. These are, I did not budget for the body paint. I mean, this is a radio show. <laughs> Guys, you know most of you aren't on camera, right? And they're, they're here. They're passionate. Jason Kelsey's Jason like- Kelsey's here. <laughs> I love fat shirtless Jason Kelsey. That, and I love Jason Kelsey. Of the Kelsey Brothers, he's by far my favorite. He's great. He's emotional. He's a crier. Yeah. He cries when he sees his mom. He cries when he loses the Super Bowl. Why not? Drunk, shirtless, leaving the suite yeah. in freezing cold in Buffalo, Jason oh, Kelsey. God, love it. Yeah. I This is what we used to like about sports. Like, we can't be those people now, now that they stopped kneeling. Like, me and you aren't those people. But even, like, conservative listening. You got them to stand for the national anthem. We can't go pick additional fights. Like, I get we could have an issue with the national anthem. We can't have an issue with uh, Jay, uh, Travis Kelsey banging a pop star. Okay, that's, you, how, why would it? That, like, that's the whole point people, of making the NFL. People are annoyed by that. I get it. Yeah. Like, people are like, all right, I've seen enough. Uh-huh. I understand uh, that, that. I get. Yep. But I want the game back. I, I want them to be happy. Yeah. What do we care? If Travis Kelsey scored the, two touchdowns. There are so many better battles to pick in the world yeah. and in media. Uh, one of which happens to be with your fa- your bestie. So this is delicate terrain, but you're tight with Joy Reid. And you love her. You're a fan of her show. I remember she said during the pandemic that she had just run in Central Park with two masks on. <laughs> and I was like, I don't believe any of that. No chance. I don't believe you want running in Central Park. No chance. And, you know, someone in her condition is probably so asthmatic. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to breathe without one mask, <laughs> let alone with two. There's no world. I remember all of those co- all of the COVID. Those didn't happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, now I was just running and said, "No, no, you weren't." I think what happens to people like Joy Reid. This is my analysis, and we'll get into your a brilliantly written piece. Um, for a lot of people, this has become emotional, and when you're op- meeting politics. 
when you're operating from a place of like raw emotion, I think it denies people self-awareness. They don't realize they sound like loonies. And I think she has such an unhealthy disdain for right-wing people that she'll oppose any position they take, which is what brings me to this Any mo- position. Any- <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, some pun. I don't know how you want to break that down. But the woman from Mob for Missionary? Mob- <laughs> it. Reverse cowgirl? Didn't like You're it. You're racist. <laughs> oh, cowgirl. Oh, when it was all white oh, and they I were building it. the railroads? Yeah. You know who built them, right? <laughs> You're like, Joy, we're just watching porn over here. <laughs> Can you just leave me alone? Just give me five minutes, Joy. I don't know you know about these websites. They're pretty integrated. Stop talking. They're pretty integrated. As, as integrated as you want them to be. I, I don't know anything more tolerant than Jenny Fela's search history. Wow. <laughs> Hunter Biden wouldn't buy a laptop off this woman. It's, it's bad. It's bad, Jenny. Get help. I kid. But the point is, okay, the Moms for Liberty is on there to make the case that this book, okay, doesn't belong in elementary schools because it chronicles the story of a child that was raped through a case of incest, incest that involved a sex toy, which is not ideal for kids. And a family member. And a family a member. male family member. And Joy Reid wants to make the case that, you know, who the hell are you to say this doesn't belong in school? But if that's your argument, you're not listening to yourself because you're defending something, you know. Yeah, it's it's kind of gross. And I'm not a big book burner or book banner. Of course. um, But I I do think there do need to be some standards. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're arguing for the child rape book. Um, that's very explicit. I, yeah. I think you might be on the wrong side of the argument. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to disagree with yourself, but when you have a literacy rate that is so low in, in the single digits yeah. and certain school districts in this country, that's the fight you're picking. Yeah. You know, and she's like, you know, what about a child who wants to read this book so they feel seen? Yeah. And it's like You should be more concerned with the child being able to read at all. Absolutely. And maybe find some common ground with these parental advocacy groups because they ultimately should want the same thing, which is literacy to begin with. And then my whole argument is if Joy Reid wants to have her dildos and lube school and the rest of the rational parents want to have reading and math school – I'm fine with that kind of school choice. Yeah. Like if those, if that's the school Joy Reid and her friends want to send their kids to, I don't want to send my kids there. Nope. But if if that's what school choice means to them, advocate for that. Yeah, go do it uh, with a straight face. Kennedy's in studio, and that's I think the part though where the kids become the casualty in all this is this is not filtered through the lens of what's best for the kids. It's basically the Joy position is well, if I agree with these people, it actually helps the Republican view on the issue. You know, and I think that's the other problem. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. And it's like the kids are the casualty. It's a bad look. I mean, that's I feel the same way about the pro-Palestine people, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm talking about the white liberals, Mm -hmm. the the queers for Palestine people who want to go over and get thrown off of buildings and and get blown up the second they (laughs) step foot off the plane. Yeah. When they go down on you in Palestine, they really go down on you. They throw you right off the building. Yeah, they're, They're not screwing around. They're not your friend. They're not they're not. Freedom's allies over there, it turns out. And and so that's how the world has gotten so backward that, okay, if these people hate the people I hate, then yeah. I must be aligned with them. Yeah. So it's completely irrational. It's unsophisticated. And then Joy Reid tried to pull a gotcha yeah. and ask Tiffany Justice from Moms for Liberty 
can you name the main the, yeah, the main character in this book? And she was like, it's a memoir. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's the author. She's like, yeah, what's his she's name? Like, but you're giving me like, really specific references. She's like, George. She's like, see, you're not an expert on this book. It's like, experts shouldn't be the one keeping certain books out of libraries. Yeah. It's like, whoa, outraged parent. But I again, I said in the article, if there was a contest where you told kids, like, Go find the hidden porn in all these books in the library, <laughs> and it got them to read. Yeah, I might be okay with that. <laughs> well, listen, Lord knows that's how I got my start. You know, if you're a young boy in the suburbs, you know, remember in like the '80s when you'd find the stack of Playboys somewhere. If you were lucky to yeah. find a stack, I mean, and usually it's just one. Can I tell you this too? I actually, you know, the old connotation about reading Playboy for the articles, which we know is you know absurd and it's a joke. But I did read Playboy for the jokes. They used to put street jokes in the back. Remember oh, they put amazing. like a they'd put like a dirty joke in the back. Yeah, one per, and I would read that and find it funny. Um, but you're right. What's happening now, and it just really drives me crazy, is empathy has become a brand instead of a trait. Meaning people take public positions because it's good for their brand. Hey, I'm Joy Reid, and I care about these kids who might have been sexually assaulted. But you're not caring about them. But like, And everybody who wasn't can go read about it. And the kid who was can go read about it. That's not what the kid needs. The kid needs the cops. Yeah, Uh, and that's that's the point that the co-founder of Moms for Justice was making. Yeah. That if if there's a child who has been abused in this manner, they need a lot more than these books in the library. They need help. They need intervention. Yep. And, you know, that is also a very valid point. Which so. Joy goes, Joy goes, well, what about the kids who get seen by this, who feel seen by this? And she goes, well, if they feel seen by this, they've been assaulted. Yeah. And Joy goes, how do you know? Well, what does that mean? Yeah. What, you, you just what told us to how we seen? know. Yeah. If they feel that seen. That is implicit in seenness. Yeah. That's what it means so to like, be seen. So like, like, what is that? Was one of them to working? To have the same experience. Yeah, you've to been To feel seen. like a misfit and for someone else who had... The identical experience, that's uh, what that means. Yep. Joy Reid's got a lucky week to be in media, though, because there's no way she could be the most hated woman in media coverage right now as long as Nikki Haley is still in the race. Uh, she's catching a lot of hell. She has a lot of money. She's not leaving. I don't think she'll Do leave. Do you think Margot Robbie will stand up for her? <laughs> so about this Barbie Oscar thing. I mean, you know, conceivably, uh-huh. she could be president if – Enough women galvanized around her. If they just distracted the men yeah. and got the men to fight, yeah. then all the women could <laughs> propel Nikki Haley to the White House. Well, here's the isn't Ni- that what we're supposed? Isn't that the lesson we from the Barbie told, movie? Yes, we were told the women band together, and we were told that we had f- uniquely failed the female species by not electing Hillary. I so- watched Barbie last night for the first time. Mm-hmm. I would like to sue Mattel for two hours of my life <laughs> And I wasn't outraged by the man-hating. Yeah, yeah. I was outraged because I was promised a, a watershed moment yeah. that would fill me with hope and pride in my womanhood. <laughs> but what I watched was a bunch of cotton candy man-hating. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and you're surprised this didn't get a bunch of I know. Oscar Oscars. nominations? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, where was Borat's nomination? Yeah. You know, where was Kingpin's nomination? Best movie. The Fairley Brothers should every year, if if that's the metric, mm-hmm. is entertainment, like stuff that makes us laugh, stuff that's entertaining, 
then they should get the Cecil B. DeMille Award every year. Thank you. We're talking to the K-Train. Kennedy is in studio. I agree, a thousand percent. And uh, we were we were sold a bag of goods on that Barbie thing. Bag of the, something. Yeah. <laughs> they, they dropped the Barbie on our door, rang the bell, and lit it on fire. Yeah, and it's like you had to make the choice. Are you going Barbie? Are you going Oppenheimer? I'm, I'm dating a smart person, so we went and saw Oppenheimer. Ooh. He sat on the couch next to me. Uh-huh. God bless his patience. That tour yeah. manager of ours, yeah. he is a patient man because he sat through that. Uh-huh. And several times he was like, he looked at me, he's like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, And well, then at one point Barbie's like, well, I just want things to be how they always were. And he goes, she's a conservative. <laughs> they just don't know it. No. Yet. They don't get it. Nobody has any self-awareness. It's so crazy, man. And by the way, can I just point something out? Mm. We're back to just two genders now. Yeah. Did you notice that? That's what I realized after watching Barbie. Yeah. It is just girls and it is just boys. Yeah, that thing, it was a run. It had a run. And, you know, you can go be what you want to be. It's America, U.S. Very intolerant movie. Very intolerant. How about that? Can we talk about it? I do not feel seen as someone who is Mm. mistaken for a man. Four (laughs) out of five airplane flights. Where's Kennedy's representation? Uh, who does walk, I, I, and I do mean this, every time she walks in, if you've ever seen Kennedy in civilian clothes, let's just say that if you were at the post office, you'd think she was a disgruntled ex-employee when she walked into the door. <laughs> when, when Kennedy walks into the lobby at Fox, everyone there takes another human as a shield. When she walks in, we're like, oh, but this is it. All the security guards are out armed no they look at me like i'll walk in the back door with like my my flap hat yep and my hoodie and my combat boots and they're like ah because they think (laughs) i'm there to light the tree on fire (laughs) he's back i told you we shouldn't have bailed that guy out these woke bill reforms (laughs) brag way to go brag unbelievable all right let's give me some nfl analysis and then we can be on our way okay uh the lions have become America's default America's team playing the 49ers. I know you pro 49er in this case. Always pro for I'm a member of the faithful. Yes, you frankly. are. Uh, you and my cousin Cindy loves the 49ers. That's great. She goes back to I Joe Montana. Cindy. I know. Yeah. Cindy, uh, who you hung out with in Clearwater, loves Joe Montana, and she loved Duran Duran. And she loved Simon LeBond. And who's the other one? Taylor. Uh, bu- 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 John bu- Taylor. John Taylor. She yeah. loved John Taylor. Yeah. She had the posters. Mm-hmm. Cindy was like, you know, the cousin who, like, gives you a cigarette. You know, the older cousin. But she did it for me in, like, second grade. <laughs> I'm like, She needed to cultivate that broadcasting voice. I, 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 I really, like, I, I love the Lions story this year. Yeah. I just think it's fantastic. And mm-hmm. you can't help but root for them. I'm devastated the Bills didn't win just yeah, because been a nice story the Chiefs too. have had enough. Yep. The Bills, come, can't they just catch a friggin' break? I know. But it's you almost don't want the Bills fans to be too comfortable. It's like you don't want Jenny Fela to know she's as beautiful as she is. No, no, Jenny. <laughs> you break her down to nothing. What's today, That's Wednesday? How I feel about yeah, Bills she, fans. she has to make weight tomorrow. You can't butter her up now. Are you kidding me? Tomorrow's weigh in. It's Thursday. She wants to be on the TV show. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? I kid. But uh, no, I get it. And uh, I, I have a soft spot for the. Lions is the team that's never won. On the other side, I do feel like the world is quietly rooting for the Ravens to beat the Chiefs because of what you just said. They're chiefed out. Yes, they yeah, are. And, think... you know, it's like Ravens, it's fine. Yeah. But like you pointed out, each Harbaugh brother, if if the Ravens win, like mm-hmm. even as a San Francisco fan, there's there's no way San Francisco we, – we saw the game a few weeks yeah, ago. There's no them. way they're beating them in the Super Bowl. I don't think I so. I love that little Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. 
but I still want to pick them up and put them in a baby Bjorn and kind of walk around with them. <laughs> it's like, like I feel protective of them. Yeah, you have the same. That's the relationship I have with Ducey. Whenever I see Peter Ducey, though, I just want to <laughs> sit him on my lap and feed him ice cream. And uh, HR has talked to me about this reference, but I'm going to keep on making it. It's my truth. I'm living my truth. Is that what I'm doing? I feel seen. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. I feel seen by that reference, Joy. Get Joy Reid on the phone. Oh, you're the best. You guys have to listen to the Kennedy Saves the World podcast. It's required listening. Uh, Big Jim Fela. I make a cameo. The star every Monday. I sneak in, and uh, the Last of Liberty tour is coming back soon. Elect, uh, alert. Are we, are we altering the name this year? We probably have to. I mean, are we going to? Yeah, we might call it the Tipsy Town Hall. Which, which I think is great. It's all getting worked which, out. Which could be Last and Liberty adjacent. Yeah, no, it works. Yeah. I mean, because it's what we did last time, except that if you vow to kill us before we show up at your town, we're making a vow not to let you in this time. Yeah, you are not <laughs> breaching the perimeter. You are not getting in the building if you have made threats to anyone's lives, someone, particularly ours. Someone made threats to our lives We showed before an event. We were briefed on this. We showed up because we're gangsters. You work in media long enough. You want to die. But anyway, at the walkthrough, they were like, all right, so he's going to be seated in row J. We were like, you let him in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he sent us his concealed carry permit. Yeah. And, uh, no, it seems like a reasonable guy. It's kind of fine operation we're running. Hey, by the way, for someone who may or may not be shacking up with our tour manager, could you beef up security a little bit? <laughs> Maybe use those handcuffs for something else this, ter- this year's tour. Oh, we love her. You're the best. We're back after this. You're listening to the man with the fashion sense that's all his own. Looks like a gay bag lady. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ladies night rolling on in the next hour. Tudor Dixon's going to be here. And, of course, Emily Austin, a good buddy of mine, multimedia sensation in her own right. And we will, of course, get back to your calls, text tweets, and carrier pigeons. Kennedy and I have another interesting chat there about some grotesque subject matter. People on the left standing up for more pedophilia in our school libraries. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. I mean, really. Uh, we're at a dumb time in our politics. We're at a broken moment. And I try... I, I promise you, I am trying to help. The book I am shoving down everyone's throat, it's like it's funny. You're going to laugh at it because there's a million jokes in it, and I wrote it myself. Um, But you are really going to give someone the gift of perspective if you buy them this book. Uh, The Cancel Culture Dictionary, it comes out in a week. You can get it right now at foxnewsbooks.com, foxnewsbooks.com. You can also get it on Amazon. You can also get it. Uh, at Barnes & Noble, where they're having a pre-sale. If you pre-order it right now and you're a Barnes & Noble member, you'll get 35% off. So go to Barnes & Noble, sign up for the email list, save some money. Um, this book is perspective. You don't have to buy it for yourself. Buy it for somebody who's on the other side of the aisle, who's a member of the outrage mob, who likes weaponized censorship, who votes left. Because my book, my content is not designed to rile up Republicans and get people to vote a certain way. All I'm here to do is restore perspective in this country. You can do that with comedy in ways you can't with activism. And it would genuinely help this country if people read that book and were like, oh, yeah, I get it. That's right. Fun. We're just supposed to be having fun. Chill out. Ninety nine percent of the things we're fighting over in this moment shouldn't even be discussed, let alone fought over. I don't care what your Halloween costume is. I don't care what joke a guy told at a comedy club that I wasn't at last night. 
And who cares who the mascot is on your syrup bottle? Some family's making a lot of money in royalties off of that, and canceling Aunt Jemima isn't boosting test scores or lowering crime. The point is, we're fighting a lot of the wrong battles. The book aims to turn it around. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We're fired up. we got a big hour coming up with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. We are, of course, taking your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, maybe a smoke signal if Elizabeth Warren is listening. You don't know. The point is you're all welcome. And the hot topic right now, post-New Hampshire primary, pre-South Carolina primary, is a lot of people want Nikki Haley out of the race. I can relate because I've been trying to get this next guest out of my life for, (laughs) sheesh, feels like a year and a half now. Uh, But she has become not only a regular on the radio, but she is going to be on the panel this week on Fox News Saturday night. I am talking about Tudor Dixon. Hey, girl. So many people in Michigan feel you right now. They do, right? (laughs) Enough! They actually pay to fly you to Fox to yeah. do media hits. So like, if we could just get her out of the state, right. it's fine. They're like, they, anybody. No, I'm kidding, Tudor. It's great to see you. Uh, I know you just came off the outnumbered couch, which is always the great hang. You and the ladies on outnumbered. Did you guys talk about the primary? I'm sure you did. We talked just a little bit about the primary, mostly about the like MSNBC, CNN polling Trump the speech, media thing. Yeah, which yeah. I think is fantastic because when you can't see something, you want to see it. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Tudor Dixon. <laughs> wow. I mean, that takes me in a lot of directions. <laughs> that takes me in a lot. What do you mean? I got to be 18 to get in. <laughs> that takes me back to Times Square in 1992. Uh, but I'll try to stay on message here for a second. Well, first and foremost, yeah, it's good to see you. I agree with this. Okay, they're doing this thing in the media where like, oh, you know, we can't air this stuff. It's bad. But what I think they don't get, because they've been doing this for a while, is there are plenty of people who think Trump can be a little crazy, but they definitely look crazier at this point. Yeah. Because when people look around, like if you didn't, I don't think you connected at like O'Hare Airport today. But if you go to airports like O'Hare or you go to Boston's Logan Airport, they now have become migrant shelters in the terminal. Right. You know, I just always thought that was the staff on Spirit Airline lines. No, no, those are actual. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just the staff who dresses like that. I'm kidding. But it's like the rest of us are past the luxury of like pretend media outrage. Because real life is happening. You yeah, did? that was the beauty. So we talked about the guy, the councilman in Naperville, Illinois, who was like, you know what? If you want to open your home, sign this here and yeah. you can have migrants in your house. That is my hometown. Yeah. So I appreciated that because I was like, yeah, no, I cannot see my mom ever doing that. You know, yeah. but but that's where it brings it home. I mean, that's where you see in New York, you see this problem. Eric Adams is like. I don't know how to shuffle this story yeah. because I want to be a sanctuary city, but it turns out it's terrible being <laughs> it's, a sanctuary city. It's expensive. It's a mess. Well, this is the thing. And, and you know this. Everybody who declared themselves a sanctuary city did it when it was a branding exercise. Right. Meaning they weren't going to have to take anybody because Trump was cutting down border crossings. Yes. But then obviously Biden got into office and we have what we have now. And all of the people who said we should be building bridges, not walls, are now saying, like, keep them, Texas. Right. We no, don't want them. The, the number that we just learned about – one and a half or more than one migrant for every baby, or every two babies born in the United States. That means in a generation, we have a whole new country. Yeah. By a generation from now, we don't know what this country looks like. And the problem with that is not that you should be opposed to immigration. Yeah. It's that these people aren't vetted. Yeah. We don't know that they want to be Americans. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Tudor Dixon is in studio. And 
what they do to conflate this argument is they're always like, oh, these Republicans, these anti-immigrant. No one is saying don't come. We're just saying come legally. Right. That's the point. You come legally. You be a part of this thing. And we might want to know who you are. Yes. It wouldn't hurt. It would be good to know. Call me old-fashioned. But if you really oversimplify the argument, the border is the front door of the house, and you all lock your front door. I mean, none of you are taking down the front door. Even if you leave it unlocked, you do kind of want to know. But that's where they've kind of – and this is where I think politics is so toxic – is a lot of things that were common cause. Like the border's common cause became battle lines, Mm -hmm. meaning – both parties have supported border wall security in the past, but when Trump was like, build a wall, they were like, how dare you? We'll cut you know, and that's right, the problem. Right, well, that was one of the things we discussed today is that if we just actually came together and talked, we're not that far apart, yeah. but it's the media that creates this. I mean, you see them saying, we're not even going to let you see Trump's lies. We're protecting <laughs> you, you from this. You this. <laughs> this Isn't is it so, funny? I like, mean, the performance art of all of this? It's like they were telling you like he's literally Hitler. I'm like, well, Hitler had a show on NBC for 15 years. I, you know, uh, right. called Celebrity Apprentice. On your, the, on your yeah, network. That's what I mean. That's why it's all like it's performance art. But right. I think most people just see through it now and it doesn't work the same way. That's what I think the media is going through. I think it's a lot harder when your candidate is out there and he's like, Gets all of Americans in the air. And <laughs> oh, people are like, what they, did he just say? And then what is yo, the benefit that you're getting? I feel so bad for that sign language interpreter. <laughs> like, if that person isn't getting, like, hazard pay. Because the, let's play the clip you just referred to, okay? You, the listener at home. I know some of you can sign, okay? If, if you're someone who can, okay? Tell me what sign you make at the end of this sentence. I just want to know. Here it is, clip 24. We'll teach... Donald Trump, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. (laughs) But what, okay, so if you do translate that, don't mess with the men and women of America unless you want to get the benefit. The benefit. What does that even mean? (laughs) I mean, because we're like, we can't understand him. And then we do understand, we're like, still don't understand. You're going to get the benefit of messing with us. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. This is a a benefit. No, no, it's, it's so silly. So I think what you're going to watch happen, and this is one of the reasons I try to keep the mood light and, you know, get people like yourself onto my show. It's not just because Michigan doesn't want you. Uh, it's, it's your family <laughs> begged me. Only half. They love you. Uh, they do. Uh, but the point is I'm trying because comedy is uniquely positioned to give people perspective. I'm trying to get people because there are a lot of people on the other side of the aisle listening right now who do agree with us. It's really gotten to a stupid place now. Like one guy is polling behind ISIS. I think he's (laughs) within the margin of error. I think ISIS leads Biden by a point right now. He's at like 30 percent and he's not speaking English. Okay, that's not good. Okay, you can tell me you don't like the Republican nominee. That's fine. But the country has needs that aren't being fulfilled. You dig? And that's what I think we're missing out on. So through what we do in media. Okay, you have a fantastic podcast. Did that sound convincing? Like, I really... <laughs> it made me feel It took good. a lot it out of me. me. Like, I actually had to go method to do that. Uh, <laughs> I was up till 2 in the morning rehearsing that line. No, you have a great podcast. You know I love it. And uh, the point is, we're bargaining with people in good faith. There's not enough of that left. So hopefully we can get back to that a little bit. But let me ask you this now. Okay, so we talked about Nikki Haley getting out of the race. Can she stick around? Should she go? Does it not matter? So I think that if I were her, mm. I would say, okay, I'm going to see, I'm going to test for the next few weeks because I have a, f- a few weeks before mm. I have to go to South Carolina, my home state, and I have a lot of money left. Yeah, so money. I'm going to put out what I can and test the waters. But if I get close to South Carolina and I know that I'm going to get smoked, I'm out. 
That makes sense. That's yeah. That would be humiliating. Yeah, you don't want to get clobbered in your home state to wrap this up. There's like because this is a, a political judgment too. At this point, you are taking all of the arrows from Trump. Yeah. So if she stays in a little bit too long, her career's over. That's true. That's a good point too. Do you think we're talking to Tudor Dixon? Do you think there's any chance that somebody does run third party, given how unpopular this matchup is? Do you think there's an opportunity or no? I mean, I think the people who we're talking about are politically savvy enough to know that they don't win that way. Yeah, they're not going to win. And nobody really knows how that affects things right now because, you know, Republicans will say that'll pull from Biden, but Democrats will say that it will pull from Trump. And it potentially pulls from both. But who Mm. does it pull more from? Yeah, I think Kanye. I think Kanye's, I think <laughs> I think if you're true. at Kanye headquarters right now, you got to be really concerned about this third party thing, Tudor Dixon. Uh, so let's talk about my TV show because I know you want it. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm hearing a theme here. No, it's you're like, not. Let's get back to me. No, no. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> let's talk about Jimmy. No, you're going to be on with two comics. And the reason, like, I just want to address this with the American people now because everyone listening watches the show. Okay. I know you uh, as a comedy consumer and as a social person to be fun and funny. And uh, I have informed the comics there are zero boundaries. No, there are none. Thank you, too. That's all I wanted to hear. (laughs) Josh, did we get that recorded? (laughs) We are going in. So this is the thing. Because they were working on, in the studio today, some like light uh, light angle uh, for the opening of the show. And I was like, listen, light it whatever way it needs to be lit because I'm going right at these people. Like first sentence, we're going in Saturday night. And uh, I'm like, Tudor's on. She doesn't care. They're like, I, I don't know. But I'm like, no, no, she doesn't care. And no, 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 we're doesn't. going in. It's we're so funny because rules. we, so my congressman is a little bit, my, well, I still call him my congressman, even mm-hmm. though I districted out. Um, congressman Heisinger, he said, can you come and mediate or moderate a conversation between me and James Comer? And I said, sure. But, you know, I got to make jokes. And, of course, he's he is investigating yeah. hunter biden right yeah. now and we're with all these like uh-huh. dutch people in west <laughs> michigan that are very conservative and afterward they come up to me and they're like why didn't you tell us you were funny i'm like oh, <laughs> that's Tudor. nice Tudor. no she's she's at uh the chuckle hut in parsippany new jersey this friday through sunday <laughs> i'm gonna take your job too sh- gonna, i would love that yeah, well you have a new job i'm doing stand-up i have 35 now. jobs every time somebody's like i'm gonna steal your job i'm like which one yeah, I like, i'm just Thank taking you. the stand-up one you, you my it. kids don't need me no stop no clearly i'm no, kidding <laughs> they're fantastic kids no that's funny i love that i think that i think that's great and the, to the hunter biden yeah how do you not i mean it's so funny Right. Did you see when Nancy Mace, we talked about this on the show, when Nancy Mace was like, because he fled the hearing, she's like, you've got no balls. I'm like, Nancy, we've seen them. Oh, sorry. We've seen them. They're, they're there. They're, they're out there. It's such a debauched time in our <laughs> politics. And that's the point I think that makes this so much fun is like if you're working in media, it's like there's nothing we could say that's more out there than what's happening. Right. You know, right. The president's exactly. kid is naked all over the Internet. That's for one. <laughs> Okay, me and Kennedy just did a half hour on Joy Reid saying we should have child sex books in elementary schools. Oh, I know. We So I yeah. talked to Tiffany Justice about that. Oh, did you? And the, the best part about that is that they just openly defend it. Yes. And, and you're like, do you hear yourself? Because you are, again, you're helping us. Yep. I love how she's like, well, you're cherry picking yeah. these passages. And I'm like, can you cherry yeah. pick from a child's it's book that talks like, about... Incest and rape. This book about 9-11 and Osama bin Laden, (laughs) you seem to be focusing on one day in his life a little too much. I'm like, yeah, here's the thing, Joy. Uh, But that's, yeah, it's so true. And it's so funny that you frame it that way. Because when she was saying to Tiffany Justice, she's like, well... 
what's the main character's name? I'm like, is there any name that would make this type of subject matter okay? Oh, no, his name's Bard. It's cool that they're getting raped and inset. No, it's fine. No, but her point with that is, like, you're only picking the part where he was raped by his older cousin. Yeah. Like, you don't even know the full story. I know enough. Yeah, I'm good with that. I feel like I'm good here. (laughs) Oh, you understand. They got McDonald's beforehand. Oh, in that case. I mean, the things I won't do for a McNugget these days. Am I right? He gave him gifts. It was a full trafficking. It was a a proper trafficking here. (laughs) And that's the point is, like, when you're making uh, that argument, you clearly aren't listening anymore. Right. right. And you clearly know nothing about parenting or children. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I've said this a million times, and, the, and the, the other side just doesn't hear it. If I can't take the book to the bus stop and read it to a child without getting arrested, it shouldn't be in school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and take it from a guy who learned that the hard way. I mean, <laughs> wow. I've done this. Is that I a, know. <laughs> is that ankle bracelet going off again? Oh, man. <laughs> Tudor Dixon is here. i got to check in with my parole officer. Back after this. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Getting deep over here during the commercial break. Tudor Dixon in studio on Fox Across America. Uh, We were just talking about, you know, media, politics, life as a whole. And uh, I think, I guess the best way you describe it is the human condition. You know what me and you do during commercial breaks? Is it funny? We immediately jump into the conversation that comics have on the road. What I mean by that is when you go on a road with a comic, say you're driving like six hours, like somebody shows up and like talks about the music they like. The other guy like lights a joint. They drive for four hours. At one point, some guy's like, my dad never said he loved me. (laughs) It's like you got like a guy having a breakdown on the side of the road. And you're like, I got to be funny in an hour. What's happening here? That's but, what I feel, though, about yeah. like, we were just talking about the truth behind politics. Yes, we went right into the what does it all mean thing. The minute we went to commercial, we're like, what are we doing with our lives? When I first announced, somebody took me aside and they said, pick the 10 people you trust most in the world and make sure they are the closest ones around you. And at the end of the campaign, you'll trust five of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's horrible. But it was so true. Oh, that's fantastic. I specifically appreciate that because in the process of getting this show, like it would get back channeled to me. Like, you know, that person you hang out with is smack talking you constantly. I was like, oh, that's good to know. All right. It's good to know. I'll yeah, just right. put that somewhere safe. OK, good to know. There's not a lot you can do with the intel other than be like, right. oh, yeah, it's one of those things that reminds you you're doing something cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I realized? <laughs> I, was, I was in when I was 19. I met a girl on spring break who was wound up being like an actual supermodel. I had a lot of game. You know, this is important. You should know this. Whatever conversational acumen I possess right now in this moment, I've had since I was five. So what you're actually watching right now is the downhill slope of a child prodigy. It looks like it's doing well because I'm on TV and radio, but I'm actually going backwards in terms of talent and skill. But I was 19. I was dating girls, actual supermodel. I didn't know that until I took her to a Halloween party and all of my best friends were trying the banger. And I was like, oh, that's right. She must be really good looking. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. You knew that, she was hot. I kind of, you know what I mean? But I'm obviously more attracted to a woman for her intellectual right. contributions <laughs> yes. and her stance on the climate, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we got fossil fuels have to go. Gosh, her, she needs to support Gaza. Her brain was <laughs> clouding your vision. Yeah, that's what it was. She yeah. was so smart. <laughs> and it was like, you know, I'm such a conversationalist. But it was funny. You realize when you're doing something cool, when people, you 
you know, purportedly care about you are trying to take it from you. Yes. You're like, oh, I get it. This is a good gig, Jimmy. Don't screw it up. Exactly. So, here so, we are. so for all the people out there that are running for office, those people that hate you hate you because you're doing it well. Thank you. Hmm? Very, very well said, especially as we get into the general election. So give me the other side of the aisle now. Um, I still contend Biden's coming off the ticket in late June. So I don't think he does because okay. I think that they know they're screwed. At this point, what can they do? They if don't they want to do nuke that, it looks career. so bad for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they had their moment. They should have done it already. They're hoping that something tragic happens to him and he's yeah. at the pearly gates. Something like that's dark, <laughs> but it's probably true. I know. I mean, when, you, when you hear Obama advisors being like, you know, we really ought to take a look around. Right. I mean, you know, you know how you'll know when they start letting him take the big steps on the plane again. Because right now they have him on the small steps right. for his own safety. They're like, get rid of the rubber shoes. Take back the leather soles. Hey, Joe, you know, you haven't ridden the 10-speed lately. Why don't you get back on the bike? You haven't been out there lately. Let's take some risks. Come Joe, on. Joe, we're having a barbecue. It's going to be you and Corn Pop. Look As a matter of fact, <laughs> look how physically fit he is. He's got this. Oh, ooh. oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Hello, Gavin. But see, the problem is it doesn't get better. And that's the best part of them picking the wrong person for VP is that they're like, there is no way out because you can't move Joe out and keep Kamala and you can't move Kamala out and put someone else in. I mean, now you hear he didn't even want Kamala. That it's story. Like, wow. So did you, I, I was going to ask you about that. So he wanted Gretchen Whitmer over Kamala. That's the, what they say. Yes. Wow. Yes. And, you know, we had heard that she was in D.C. with her staff and her staff was looking at houses. So my understanding is that she fully thought she had it, that he had called her and was like, you're my pick. And then he got the DEI hand slap. It was oh, like, man. you are picking someone with the wrong skin tone. So basically, Derek Chauvin denied... Gretchen Whitmer, the vice president. That's totally right. Yes. The George Floyd that riots dude has like, caused a lot a of problems. Yes. They're like, but she's stupid. She called him a racist and said he, she agreed with a sexual assault accuser. Like, we got to have her. Yes. That's how bad DEI is. And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> and now she got the, and now they're just stuck. And it's, she's cackling all the way to the bank. All the way to the bank. Yes. Um, I actually met her husband at a D.C. cocktail party. He's a very nice man, although he did whisper, help me, like five times. He was like, help me. He was, nice Did guy. you ask him if Jill's a good kisser? <laughs> oh, Tudor <laughs> Dixon. Save it for the game, kid. Fox News Saturday night, Tudor Dixon is going to be on the couch for the full hour. Uh, I'm thrilled. People are fired up for this. I, I am excited. I can't wait. Big win for the American people. <laughs> and we are playing prison rules, ladies it and could gentlemen. Be your last night. Start, <laughs> start drinking now is the best <laughs> advice I can give you. Uh, Tudor, I miss you already, but I will see you uh, Saturday night. Sounds good. Back can't after wait. this. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Finally extracted Tudor Dixon from the studio. Shout out to Fox Security. That was not easy. Wait. Nothing. Oh. You're here now, and we're trying to act excited about it. I'm kidding. <laughs> Everybody loves Emily Austin, multimedia sensation. Uh, she is not pregnant. Uh, I need to clear <laughs> that up. <laughs> uh, we'll clear that up for you in a minute, but we will be appearing on Gutfeld. 
the yes, 29th, sir. the 29th of January. We're getting the band back together on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. So shout out to him. <laughs> uh, and a shout out to you. Uh, and the reason I said you are not pregnant is because I believe you just ate lunch. That's what your announcement was when you came in here. Yeah, I walked in and I have quite a little baby bump. So I had to clarify <laughs> that I am, in fact, just full and over eight and not pregnant. Good for you. Don't feel bad because uh, Emily Campagno came on the show yesterday. She was like in between hits. Mm-hmm. And she ate, like, Chinese spare ribs the whole interview. So oh, at least you so had – Oh, they're the best. Pound for pound. You know who loves Chinese spare ribs, by the way? Gutfeld. Really? Gutfeld is a big meat eater. He I mean, eats, yeah. You go over his house. It's amazing because he just orders, like, barbecue. Just straight – no sides. Straight barbecue. Oh, are you trying to flex that you got the invite and I didn't? No, no. He was mad that I was there. I'm not <laughs> You I'm invited not yourself? Cool. No, not at all. Uh, but, no, he a lot of red wine and a lot of barbecue. Why don't we do an ASMR, like, eating edition next time I'm on? That's a move. Get into it was it. so gross. I know. It sounds gross already. Blech. But some trucker liked it. Make <laughs> that slurping sound again. ASMR. <laughs> there you are. Uh, M, world's still on fire since our last get-together. Yep. Um, there's been some personnel changes at some of the key universities. Maybe Hell not yeah. Enough, maybe not enough of them. Yeah. But uh, do you take it as a so far so good that there's been some turnover at Harvard? Well, I haven't done my due diligence on it yet, but I heard that they replaced the dude who's supposed to prevent anti-Semitism on campus with an anti-Semite. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, you guys just keep getting worse and worse. Like, is it that hard to find someone that doesn't hate Jews it's to put so in bizarre. office? Why? I, but this is the part that I think is so fascinating. So there's a lot of racism on the left right now as you as it pertains to Israel. It's a lot of anti-Semitism anyway. Yeah. But this whole track meet from now till election day is going to be an exercise in calling conservatives racist. Yeah. And it, that's pretty much all we're going to do from here to there now because there's no other argument to have. And uh, I guess they don't see it or they don't care or – I mean here's my question to you. Do you think we've outgrown it as a people? Like do you think the race card works anymore if the people playing it are exhibiting racism in their own right. I think people need to stop politicizing racism. Yeah. It, it's kind of like generalizing, like, oh, yeah. all Jews are X, all yeah, Muslims yeah. are, all blank is. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Because especially now politically, I mean, this is a whole different conversation. America is forced to choose Democrat or Republican, but there are plenty of people who are in the middle. Yeah. What if they're racist? Yeah. Then what do you say? <laughs> like, oh, oh they're, they're just racist. So, it's like, so funny. The Klan were the real moderates. Is that what you're like, thinking? Yeah, about them all those moderates are so swing, racist. Swing voters. Unbelievable. No, but I get it. I get what you're saying. Like, people are racist, yeah. not Republicans, not Democrats. Individual so it's like, people. Stop using it for your political agenda. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. Like the boy who cried racism. It's I, annoying. I think it's exhausting. And I think that's like, the one upside of where we were at right now is I think we're coming out of that. Yeah. Like 2020 was all of that. I think you're going to hear about it because the Democrats, it's kind of their pitch right now is mm-hmm. these guys will ban women. Like <laughs> if Trump wins, you're not allowed to drive anymore. You have to cover your face, which I've been advocating for for a while. But no, it's stupid. And I think we're going to outgrow it as a people because I think most people – Figured out what it is now. Do you know, you just reminded me of the funniest thing I saw this week. Like, we could do an award of stupidity. Mm -hmm. Someone that I follow posted, America will really reelect this racist bigot, but not let uh, Biden's son get away with drugs. And I'm like... Were we supposed to? <laughs> like, were we supposed to be like, yeah, do coke in the White House? Yeah, yeah. Just go do like, your drugs. <laughs> so weird. Sell influence to foreign governments. It's weird how social media, right? It's so reductive. So everybody wants to give you that this or that tweet. Like, yeah. the Republicans will do this, but they won't do that. Or mm-hmm. Democrats just won't do that. But it's never the same thing. It never. How do you compare racism 
and drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you even use that against each other? It was yeah. so odd. And the worst part, everyone's like, great point. And I'm like, <laughs> was it a great point or are you just kissing ass? It was so <laughs> But that's odd. where social media is dumb because if it gets likes, people mimic the behavior. Because they go, like, if, oh, I want to do that. If you just say something confidently enough, people might believe you. Oh, That's what so I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. We're just doing it. Emily yeah. Austin is here. Uh, watch us on Gutfeld on the 29th. I have it on pretty good authority. You're going to do my Saturday night show at some point, right? I hope so. Oh, stop it. You were I on. Hope you were great. I'm cool enough. You were on for Jewish Christmas. Yeah, that was a panel full of Jews on Christmas. The f- like anti Semites' worst nightmare. The fun- <laughs> I'm shaking right now. The funniest, the funniest thing in the world. It was the Christmas episode of Fox News Saturday night. They have a new booker who's a nice girl, mm-hmm. and she booked everyone with not an eye on, hey, do they celebrate Christmas? We're doing like <laughs> Christmas music trivia. No one gets one right. It was pretty funny. Oh my actually. God, I was humiliated because I'm a very good test taker. Yeah. Even if I don't study, I'll nail it. Mm-hmm. That, I was just like, oh, for 20. Well, I noticed there's not as much crossover knowledge because I would tell you growing up on Long Island, I'm like honorary Jewish. Long I, Island. I know, but I went to like 100 bar mitzvahs in middle school. Yeah. So I knew enough about your people. Whereas you guys, I guess, communions don't invite other people. So you guys didn't know a lot about us. No, I want to talk about something weird with you for a minute. I posted you? something. Yeah. All right, shocker. I posted yesterday something about the Holocaust. And of course, the, the comment section turned into a political debate between left and right. How? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> but... Being someone who's surrounded by Jews, have you been to like a Brit Milah, like a bris when the baby's being yeah, yeah, circumcised? Yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason, the I don't know why the, I noticed it's all Democrats that are doing this, are coming up with these things that Jews don't do oh. to use to justify anti-Semitism. Okay. So I was reading a fight that two strangers were having in my comment section because I have nothing better to do with my life. <laughs> and one of them said, if you saw what Jews do to babies after they're circumcised, You'd wish Hitler had finished the job. Whoa! And I'm like, what the? Yeah, do what's we going do? On what here? do we do? I'm yeah. a Jew. I've been to a million Brit Milahs and I haven't seen this. So I keep reading, and he says, that. <laughs> I don't even want to say it on here. Well, we got a dump button just in case. <laughs> anyway, they were like, oh, after they, you know, snip it, the rabbi like puts it in his mouth, and I'm like, no, we. How what? did you make that wait, up? What? And now because of that, you think Hitler should have killed more Jews yeah, wait, because what? of something you made up? I'm like, and so many people are commenting that, and I'm like, where? Who started this narrative yeah, yeah, and why? Yeah. where is it being amplified? <laughs> and I'm like, do I answer? Because I really don't answer my comments. But that's yeah. just like a lie that you made up in my religion now. Yeah. It's really gross, by the way. It's not kinda, true. It's really weird. Like, I guess what social media is good for, because it is like a bug light for broken people. <laughs> <laughs> you just turn Sad it on people. and the bugs just, they just start flying into it. So odd. Because when you said, you know, it's fascinating that somehow a fight between Republicans and Democrats broke out. Like, you clearly don't understand social media fully. I mean, I'm being <laughs> in jest because you can literally tweet, here's a balloon I saw yeah. and a fight between Republicans. Is that the Chinese spy yeah. balloon? Oh, <laughs> like... Biden should have shot it down. Oh, that's uh, for the Delete that's, TikTok. That's really funny. So many broken people everywhere you look. So what, I'm, what I think, though, this is what I think. I think we're coming out of this. Like, I think social media was new, right? And I think in the beginning when there was like cancel culture and outrage and everything in between, I think a lot of people didn't necessarily agree with it, but they didn't want to get in the way of it because they thought they would get trampled. You know, there was like a social pressure thing. It's like the Riley Gaines story is a good example of that. Two years. I can't believe that. I know. But two years ago, people really weren't comfortable saying that men shouldn't compete against women. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you wouldn't have said it or I wouldn't have said it, but probably 80 percent of the country wasn't saying it. 
Yeah. We, everybody was just pretending it was good that Penn had a female swimmer with like a <sighs> rudder in the pool and was winning gold medals. See, I wish people like, I wish more people were indifferent. I think the yeah. problem is that we kind of see this with multiple issues. People are so bored that they're like looking for that reason to go out there and somehow become some advocate for some yeah. stupid cause that doesn't need advocates and they yeah. go out and protest. Yeah. And it's like, you should have said that one out because yeah, yeah. you have no business standing up for the wrong thing. Yeah, too. you don't even know what like, you're doing. But that's uh, also where protesting has become like a brand now. It's no, like it's a thing like you fun. Do. It's like, yeah. oh, what are you wearing to the protest today? <laughs> Can we, should we co-ord? <laughs> it is so funny. It's like, are you going to the climate? No, no, like we're going to the justice for Gaza. Oh, well, we're going <laughs> to try to do, Hamas. yeah, we're going to do justice for Hamas. <laughs> then we're going, yeah, we're going to the Palestinian pride march. It's the shortest march yeah. in history. Uh, <laughs> Emily Austin is here. It's like, yeah, people have no perspective. That's the other thing. If you've traveled the world, and, and you've done a, a lot, probably a lot more travel than I have. Um, you kind of come back here realizing that a lot of the things we do here are really cool and good. And yeah. people don't know it because they don't leave it. Well, traveling's racist. So you can't. <laughs> check your, check me, your privilege. Me visiting a beautiful mosque in Abu Dhabi was cultural appropriation. And me was- respecting their dress code by covering myself was cultural appropriation. So don't travel because <laughs> that's racist. Isn't that funny, though, that you say that? Because when the left was really at the peak on cultural appropriation, if you remember this, during the George Floyd summer, they went and put on African kente cloths Who's and they? knelt uh, like Nancy Pelosi and everybody. Oh, Do you God. remember that famous picture where they covered themselves in the kente cloths and knelt in solidarity uh, in the Capitol? Okay, so in my religion, that's idolatry. We don't kneel to anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. freaking weird, man. Yeah, they're at a different. It's a different thing. Who's the girl that thinks she's Native American? Oh, Elizabeth Warren. Oh my God, I they're, see her photoshopped every day. On but you think so about funny. oh, it's so funny. But you think about like remember the girl Rachel Dolezal? She's a white chick. Said she was black. She was an activist. She was eventually she got identified out of, as black. Or said she well, that's was black. what's funny is at the time she had said she was black okay. because this is, goes back to 2014. So she actually just got outed as a person fraudulently claiming they were black. But the point is she could probably do that right now by saying she identified to your point and she mm-hmm. would probably have support. So it's basically like we're indulging pretend now. Yeah, it's like someone. It's okay. Like some rich entitled kid was like. Mother, I want to be a, a boy today. I don't know why he was British. But. I know, I love it though. I love that. Because Mother, I want to be a boy. And she's like, no boy, you can't be a boy. And then he grew up like hating his parents. I was like, now that I'm powerful, I'm going to do whatever I want. And like just started this whole movement to like indulge in let's make play pretend a false reality. And we fed the delusion. Like I had a professor in college uh-huh. who identified as a woman that came in like a thong because because they could, not yeah. she or he. They, yeah, they could. could. <laughs> I'm like, just because you could doesn't mean you should. It doesn't mean I want to see your banana and oranges yeah. on the desk in my classroom. And she's given this exact speech to they. my producer on like five different occasions, Mikey. Clean it up in there. <laughs> Clean it up, Mikey. We kid. No, it's fascinating. But that's that's where we are now. It's like we're indulging this other thing. But since you uh, impersonated a British child, which I appreciated, Father. because I have this other theory. Okay, it's like the trans movement in a weird way is white privilege because it's only rich white kids. Poor people don't want new bodies. <laughs> poor people are busy working. That's what How I mean. About this? Anyone They're, with a life, not yeah. poor people. If uh-huh. you have a life, you're busy working uh-huh. or just doing anything but protesting. Yeah. So I always think about these protesters, whether it's Palestinian movement or the trans movement, and I'm like. Are y'all like a trust fund baby? Yeah, like, yeah, like, how do you have the time to do this? Like, are you during these hours? Right. Like, yeah. All day. Somebody's probably paying them. That's my last. Well, guess. Qatar is playing paying the Palestinian. Oh, you saw the shutting down the airport again? Yeah, was that true? Which one? Uh, JFK, obviously. <laughs> the shutting down Delta LL on Holocaust Memorial Day because that's 
definitely going to free Palestine. Oh my goodness, it's so stupid. Yeah. And I know we've, we've hospital like they're just like it's so. cr- but that's also how you know it's not about the cause it's about the control it's about the it's branding about the attention. yeah of course they're like, just bored they're, these are just losers wait do you want to laugh yeah, I, give I, me I definitely shouldn't be saying this on air but Mayor Adams blocked me <laughs> because Eric Adams I keep sending him all the links to like the terrorism happening in our city mm-hmm. and like personally I don't feel safe walking around Manhattan but it's because of this organization within our lifetime so I keep sending him like look this is them terrorizing cancer patients and this is them hitting a cop and this is them vandalizing your office and the message just stopped delivering. <laughs> <laughs> Blocked by oh, Eric God. Adams. And I'm like, I thought we were boys. Well, now that he heard you announce on the air that you weren't pregnant, he might actually be your friend again. <laughs> oh, God. Because Adams likes the nightlife, baby. He is a, a fan yeah. of the bottle service. I don't know anybody <laughs> who works in the nightclub industry that doesn't know him personally. Because he used to go out a lot Listen, of the He's a cool dude, but like, be cool when it comes to your city not being burnt into flames. Now know? it's funny. Because what happens with New York mayor, and we just saw it happen with Bloomberg before him, and de Blasio pretended he might be president too. Oh, well. Is everybody, I know, everybody who becomes mayor of New York is like, well, president, obviously. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't really work that way. I feel very called out. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. There's that. Uh, one more, and then I will uh, hit a commercial break. Um, are you watching the NFL playoffs? Or are you agnostic? Do you not care? No. I mean, like, I keep up with the headlines, but oh. it's funny because we spoke about this the first time I came on. I'm, I love to hate the Taylor Swift takeover. Like, yeah, yeah. I love hating it. Okay. It's Give like it my me. favorite hobby. So, like, there was a Bills, what teams did we Bill, Yeah, Bills Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. And the whole time they're like, Taylor Swift doing the crowd surf is so cheesy. And I'm like, yeah, it's so cheesy. Let me watch it again. All right, let me watch it one more time. Oh, it's so annoying that she's like the talking point. But was Taylor at the game? Did someone like tell me where she sat? Did he blow her a kiss? Did she give him a heart? Uh, and I'm like, oh, what an idiot. So are they still, are they engaged are now? Are they engaged yet? <laughs> I'm like loving it. I love oh, it. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Uh, listen, anyone who's like genuinely mad about it, like I feel bad for. Like again, it yeah. goes back to like you probably don't have a life. Yeah, do, do I? Absolutely not. But I'm going to criticize you anyway. Thank you. Emily Austin is back after this. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Emily Austin still with us. Emily Austin claims Michelle Obama will run in this election. Don't be thick, all right? Oh, my God. She's going to run. She's If she runs, she's going to win. Mark my words. I said it first. We have a comment from Barack Obama. Just, okay. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant mother like you. Wow. So oh, I'm gonna, I, I don't Barack. think he agrees with you. I don't think he agrees with you. Barack, I, that is no way to talk to your side chick. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Um, <laughs> uh, I laugh. She's not running. I, I had this conversation. Why, why are you so confident? In my face. She doesn't want to run. Okay. Oh, did she tell you that? I, first of all, I do know people who know them, but getting past that, okay? <laughs> They're billionaires. <laughs> They're, I know, right? <laughs> well, not a chef, oddly oh, enough. Yeah. I might have known one, but uh, no more. Sadly. Um, they are. Uh, here's the thing. She is... A billionaire. They hang out on Spielberg's yacht with like Springsteen and Bono. They don't want to do retail politics. They are living a fabulous life. Number one. Number two, 
she probably wouldn't win if we were going to really discuss this. What are her accolades other than Barack Obama's wife? She ruined mm-hmm. school lunches for fat kids with a fat. She took away the French fries. <laughs> I know. Those, I was the kid affected yeah, by it, by the way. You, you think those kids are going to forgive? Oh, I lost some weight. You think those kids? Yeah, well, I don't Forgive know. Most of them didn't lose weight anyway, and they just True. had lunch ruined. No, but I don't think any Democrat would win because, well, as of now, who's running? They're not going to win because they are the better candidate it's purely out of trump hatred now Mm -hmm. what we face now is that people hate biden and trump which is so ironic yeah but i I think michelle could use the woman card she could use the race card and she could use the fact that she you know watched her husband become Mm -hmm. what everyone loved as a president Mm -hmm. and he was a great speaker and honestly being a good speaker is like 80% 80% of it. That's most You of just the have game. to fool people. Yeah, nobody mo- gets to meet you one on one. You know, most <laughs> people don't. I don't, she does. I, I don't believe. I think uh, she wants to do retail politics. Go meet people, Listen, do it's rallies. Only four years, I know. Eight if you feel like it. It's four <laughs> years. She's a young woman. They're already like surrounded by Secret Service 24 hours a day. Actually, I don't, you know, everybody goes to the Michelle card naturally because she's a popular Democrat and they don't have a right. lot with high approval ratings. But there's a lot of other female Democrats who want to run again. I'm Hillary Clinton and I approve this message. You don't think she wants in? I mean, she's not going to run, but I'm just I saying. I think she will. I think they'd go somebody young. If, I, if Biden came off the ticket, I actually think it'd just be Newsom. Newsom's good. I'm not, he's a terrible governor. I don't agree with anything he does, but he's good. He's good looking. He puts on hair gel with a ladle, like a soup ladle. In terms of ladies like him. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of looks. Yeah. Unfortunately, Uh being good looking is not enough. Otherwise, I'd be president, baby. Enough, enough, enough. (laughs) Emily Austin. Get her out. Stop it, Donnie. The Don, now Big Don's (laughs) mad at you. Obama's mad at me. Trump's mad at me. You're losing all the presidents. The show's over. Uh, don't forget to watch Emily Austin and I on Gutfeld, uh, the 29th of this coming January. Uh, but that's Next it. Week. I'll see it's you tonight. On, I'll see you on Hannity, 9 p.m. I'll be there. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.